0: What is up, everyone? It is your boy, Kyle Conquille, back with another episode of the Just STFU podcast. Anytime I do, like, an intro, I just, like, I don't want it to sound the same. Like, it's just copy and pasted from every single episode. So I just try to make it sound a little bit different every single time. Um, so I'm doing something I haven't done before and releasing two podcasts in one week, mainly because with this podcast... Andy and I had been wanting to do it for a while, but he didn't want to do the podcast until there was an official Death Punch announcement of him joining the band because we wanted to be able to talk freely about certain things, and it just made more sense for us to just wait a little bit. Now with, you know, Jason Hook posting that video and then deleting it, and then a lot of the clickbaity metal news sites coming in with like, oh, Jason Hook's not in the band anymore, and... They just decided to, I don't know if it was premature release or if this was the intended time for them to make an announcement, but they had made their announcement, and Andy's like, cool, yeah, I told you I would do your podcast when uh, when they made the official announcement, and guess what? The announcement is official, so I got him on here as soon as possible, and its not it still isn't an interview, but I, I thought it'd be cool to have Andy James from five finger death punch on and it be like his first sort of press type thing you know cuz me and Andy and Charlie and you know those boys are pretty close and you know I have Charlie on the podcast coming up next week as well so you get to hear you get to hear a couple a couple different sides of some stories it's it's definitely very fun but I wanted to get this one out mainly just to You know, talk about a few things that are really going on currently. Not like, it's not really going to matter a week or two down the road. So I think having this conversation with Andy right now is more important than saving it for later. So I'm not going to mess up my my podcasting schedule. I'm still going to drop my episode with Mark Michelle on Wednesday. And then next Wednesday I'm going to have Charlie Engine from Five Finger Death Punch. I'm sorry, Engian from death punch on next Wednesday so this is just like a little special little baby drop for my boy Andy James so please be sure to follow Andy on his social media he's a great dude he's a great hang you know he's a good time he's a great guitar player he puts up new content on his YouTube channel all the time and uh, all around is a really great guy so follow him at Andy James guitar and if you want to sponsor any episodes of the Just Shut the Fuck Up podcast. You can send me a DM on any of my social medias, preferably Twitter or Instagram at KSConkeel, or send me an email at just podcast at gmail.com. But now that all that shit's out of the way, let's just get rolling. I had to edit this one a little bit because my internet cut out so if there's any points in the podcast where it doesn't seem cohesive in the... I had to edit this, like, the nothing was matching up because my internet went out twice. And it kept recording his audio, but it didn't keep recording my audio. So it's a little messed up. So I did the best I could. Hopefully it still sounds like a normal, cohesive conversation. But anyways, I digress. Enjoy my conversation with the newly announced lead guitar player of the band Five Finger Death Punch, Mr. Andy James. Andy James, what's up, dude? How's it going, mate? All right. Uh yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. What is that guitar in the background?
1: It's uh, EVH. Um, I don't know what they call it. Uh, I literally got Gang? it like, three days ago. Yeah, Wolfgang. That's it. The Wolfgang EVH. Um, so I was going to attempt to do some Van Halen covers, but I've failed miserably lately <laughs> to get around to doing it.
0: <laughs> now, Because I've, I've been
1: trying to... Go, Go ahead. No, no, I was just just thinking, I've been trying to fill my time, you know, in lockdown, just, because I've literally been doing fuck all. So, uh, yeah, but I've actually decided that the guitar's cool and I love playing it and everything, but um, I think my time would be better spent doing some, you know, writing and stuff like that. So I've just fired up a uh, session and just started doing some riffs. And I've realized that that's way more my thing than trying to play. Anything by Eddie Van Halen badly, <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I think I think the the death of him, I it, it hit me really weird. Yeah. Because the uh, thing is, I haven't really like listened to a lot of Van Halen um, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as a as a kid in like uh, you know college or whatever, sixteen, seventeen, I was really into like the For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album and. Oh, dude, that's and, that's one uh, of my
0: favorites, man
1: yeah and like the live right here right now as well that was like the sort of period of Van Halen that I was obsessed with Um, and I I realised that I actually listened to that stuff and got into it quite a lot and it did have quite a lot of impact on like my playing and stuff Um, and I don't know man I just with everything that's been going on at the moment you know like with 2020 being the way it is and And then, I don't know, I just literally read that on Twitter and I just, I don't know what it was, like the emotion was just so much, I was just like, fuck, I actually feel like I'm going to cry, Yeah. you know, but yeah, anyway, so it was kind of like a weird thing, you know, because I've never really been affected that badly by, you know, like an icon dying or whatever. I mean, obviously it's a shame when anyone dies, but I suppose being a guitar player and the impact that obviously Van Halen had on pretty much all of us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just slightly different, I think.
0: Yeah. And I know that like, like when I told my mom, cause m- my mom is like a big Van Halen fan, like where I grew up in, in Los Angeles is like 10 minutes from where, uh, the Van Halen guys grew up out here. Yeah. Yeah. And she used to go to, um, she used to go to this spot that's, like, right down the street from where my mom lives right now. It's, uh, it's like, a banquet hall now, but it used to be called the Rainbow Theater. Like, I'm not sure if you've ever seen... Um, sorry, the housekeeper's here. That's what all that racket is. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen Teen Wolf, but there's a scene...
1: I have, yeah.
0: Uh, so there's a scene where they're at the liquor store, and you can see the Rainbow Theater in the background. I think they're, like, trying to buy booze or something that's like right. that's that's the town I grew up in and uh, oh, okay. so but Van Halen I guess used to play there because it was like a movie theater slash like concert venue like the screen yeah. was like you can move it up and down or remove it completely and uh, she's like damn I've been like you know I've been like watching Van Halen since like the late uh, fuck like late late 60s early 70s since before their records came out
1: yeah, I think they were a band like 8 years before Van Halen 1 came out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I I put a while.
0: Out, I put out a tweet like a few days after after Eddie Van Halen died and I was just, and and it was like it was like a whatever tweet, but it just basically said like imagine you're 23 years old, you have your first record coming out on a major label and the first song off that record is Running with the Devil. <laughs> yeah all the bible bashers
1: would have gone mental wouldn't they (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know like it's it's kind of weird though because like you'd have think you'd have thought that eruption would have been like track number one like if you're going to do an instrumental that sounds like an intro to to something I don't know it always struck me as odd that it was the second track on that record rather than the opening thing and then it would just go into running with the devil and then continue on
0: yeah, but, I, I don't. I don't know. I I think that was probably like some sort of choice, like between like the band and label. Like, now nah, we're not going to start. Oh off yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, a it was obviously solo. done for.
1: A, yeah, it's done for a reason because if I remember rightly, Running with the Devil doesn't really have a guitar solo, does it? It's more of a kind of arpeggiated chord sequence thing that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then obviously, so you're like, all oh, right, you know, there's no guitar playing in this. It's like, right, yeah, go on, track two have some of this <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the most legendary guitar solo ever
0: yeah it's fucking yeah it's 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 really crazy i um i worked on and off for eddie van halen for 10 years so when i when i got the news like i reached out to the camp that i know that because his studio is you know up hidden in the valley somewhere, I won't say or what the street is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I text the you know, his tech, Maddie Brooke, and I was just like, dude, I'm so so sorry for your loss, man. If there's anything I can do, please feel free to reach out. You know, I'm saying my condolences to you, Alex and Wolf and everybody and mm. I wasn't even expecting okay. to get get a text back, but you know, he texts me like five minutes later and he's just like, dude, thank you so much. You know, much love. Mm. Talk soon. Did you know Eddie then? Yeah. Not like personally. Because of okay. my uh, of my position in the company that I work for, it wasn't like me and him like we wouldn't call each other on the holidays or anything like that. Like no, I would no, no, no. see him yeah. at the studio and he was always really nice to me. He would always make sure to come and say hello, shake my hand, and you know I got a Christmas card from the Eddie Van Halen camp one year, and you know <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> that's wicked, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've always heard, like, really good stories about him just being totally cool and remembers everyone's name and just, you know, tries to make people feel comfortable. Because, um, I mean, he must have been fairly self-aware that, obviously, he's probably one of the most iconic guitar players that's walked the earth, you know? I mean, how could so you not be? It's cool when... No, I know, but <laughs> the the thing is, it's just cool when people like that actually make you feel comfortable right off the bat and just be like, look, you know, don't worry about all that Um you know, let's just engage on a sort of equal personal level, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a real shame. And, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, what Wolfie and Alex are going through. Because, you know, Alex is the older brother. So, like, you know, even having... He's 67, know, your... right? So, he's yeah.
1: three years older, I think. Yeah. Two years.
0: Um, Having your, your younger brother die before you is, you know... Yeah, but... Yeah, fuck
1: it. We're (laughs) off to a really happy start. All right, so
0: so I I want I want to tell a story, but before I tell a story, I see you have like some really dope arcade games back there. What are those?
1: Uh, well, one is uh, well, as when I was a kid, right around sort of like twelve, I used to because I went to like boarding school for two years down in Brighton, and, and so that was like most of the time I spent away from my parents, just staying in school. And uh, But like every Saturday or whatever, um, my dad or mum or, or either one, because they weren't together, would um, just come up and, and visit for like the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, which means you could, you could go out and, you know, do whatever you want, go for a meal with your parents or whatever, or you could go to like the arcade or, because down in Brighton, there's like a, a place called Palace Pier and it's got, you know, tons of arcades in it. And um, I just remember that one being like literally one of the first arcades that you'd see coming in. And uh, I, I don't know. It was just like the sheer noise of that Mortal Kombat uh, machine. Sorry, I didn't even say what the arcade was. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Mortal Kombat machine because it was just so like loud and, and like the the sort of the punches and the kicks were just ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I was like, I had to go and check this out. So I was pretty much hooked from that point onwards. Um, and then I didn't really. I, I sort of had a Super Nintendo, that was like the last thing that I had, which was like a home console, but I never really got into the home gaming thing, but I was always more of an arcade-goer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of thought, you know, if I had the space and I had the money, I would probably get some of my favourite arcade games. And um, up until recently, some of those arcades... I mean, I've, I've always been looking periodically online to see if any of the, the Mortal Kombat ones sort of came up on the market, whether they were like original ones or just full-size arcades that people had built, but they were always quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then recently, I just thought, oh, you know, I'll have a look again because I, I built this studio and I kind of wanted to put some stuff in it. And um, I had a look and there was... Uh, I don't know if you have it in America, but we have a company called Smith's Toys um, in this country and they had one and it was just like Mortal Kombat 1 2 and 3 in an arcade uh, with a company called Arcade One up and I was just like wow and it was like 300 quid or something so i thought you know that's what? not bad, bad. for arcade machine no, dude no no i mean it comes IKEA you know it's like you have to put it together yourself mm-hmm. i mean you don't program none of it you just screw all put the the, uh, the, cabinet the actual together, cabinet screen. together, yeah 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 and the screens already there you just got to plug it all in and that um takes about i don't know half an hour 40 minutes it's not too bad and then, yeah, so I, I did that, and I was, um, I was into it, and then I started getting into more um, looking at the arcade thing on, on YouTube and stuff like that, and I came across this, uh, this guy who runs a channel called Killer Arcade Games on YouTube, and um, he, he does all these, like, um, sort of arcade playthroughs of, like, you know, how to beat the CPU and stuff on, like, really hard, because some of these games, they, they're designed They're quarter eaters, get, dude yeah exactly so you'll get to like round three and it would just be virtually impossible to beat the uh, beat the ai you know but he he, him and a a bunch of other people have kind of figured out that there's there's things that you can do that it doesn't even matter if it's on really hard you can still beat the thing because i was having a real hard time i got to like goro and i was just like how the fuck do you beat this guy you know it's ridiculous turns out the only way you can beat him is just to stand in the corner and do jump kicks just when he throws a fireball and you kick him in the face and you just do that for two rounds and then you're through to the end. (laughs) Um, But I would never have figured that out had I not watched this video. Um, So anyway, that's that one. Um, And then the other arcade was a Street Fighter, but I wasn't really a huge um, Street Fighter fan. I was more uh, into the, the Mortal Kombat kind of Kung Fu style thing, but this cabinet is really good for um, modifying, right? So, at the moment, it looks like a Street Fighter 2 cab, but it's uh, it's actually got, like, a fully running PC in it, where you can run, like, MAME. Oh, okay. So, you can just load, like, loads of different, like, ROMs from loads of different um, games and stuff like that, but the idea with that one was to build, like, a Killer Instinct thing, and oh, actually, this killer, this killer Arcade Games guy actually did a... Um, he built the... Uh, the arcade from a Street Fighter one. He redid all the outside graphics, uh, and then he changed all the insides to so starts a PC rather than just the, the the game. And then he got like the the ROM for Killer Instinct and, and on there, and it was like the Nintendo 64 one. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. I'm I'm literally nearly finished with it. Um, the the blue controls that are on there are the actual arcade controls that were on the original machine. So I literally just swapped them out a few days ago. And now I've got the artwork, and I've got to try and get that on straight. I mean, I reckon that's going to be the hardest part of the whole thing.
0: Is putting the graphic on and make sure it's straight?
1: Well, yeah, because it's come slightly bigger than, say, like the the screen, for example, like the the graphic don't fit properly, so I'm going to have to measure and cut and do it so it fits the arcade one up rather than... Because otherwise the screen would be a lot smaller and you'd have, like, graphic uh, art over so the screen would just look really small you know so I've got to figure that out Um, but I'll get around to it but yeah that's the only two that I've got in here um, that's been like a lockdown project really
0: yeah the Uh, first podcast I did when I started to revamp um, started to revamp the the podcast I had my my buddy Eric Dion who runs a uh, alternate clothing brand called Meth Syndicate he does like goofy t-shirts and shit like that but he had found a company on Etsy Oh, yeah. That does they they do either micro arcades or full sized arcades, and you can put any design you want on it. And basically, what it is is just like you know a thirty two inch screen that has the arcade controls, but it has like this chip like that's plugged into the actual TV, and it's every arcade game like right. from well ever yeah do this game like you can literally find the most obscure game on there. And it's it like, like him. Is it got
1: Nibbler on it?
0: I don't I don't know if it has Nibbler. I'll have to I'll have to ask him. Have, do like, you
1: know the game Nibbler? Have you seen it?
0: I I, I want to say I have. I can't I can't think off the top of my head like what kind of game it is. But it's like me and him were playing like the Michael Jackson game, and like we oh, yeah. played like some like golf game, and we, we we played a. Oh, I think we played like the original arcade version of Battle Toads. and and like turtle yeah yeah, and then like turtles and time yeah and that
1: was actually one of my favorite arcade games that turtles and and the other ones i mentioned
0: the simpsons one was was one of my was one of my favorites but it's it's hard as hell and we were literally because you can you know you don't ever die on on any you know you can keep hitting the button and put extra credits in it Um, okay
1: yeah i see what you mean yeah
0: um so we were getting to there'll certain be
1: parts. A, there'll probably be a YouTube video. Someone's figured out the AI for Simpsons and gone. This is how you beat it. And the yeah. next time you play it, you'd be like, "Oh, this a piece of piss." You know?
0: <laughs> so we were playing it, but we would get to certain certain parts. There's like mid-level mini bosses in the battle toads, right. and we'd be like, "Oh, this is the part where you gotta put like ten quarters in just to continue."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's, was... you know, th- those were the days, mate, you know, go down the arcade with loads of, well, I mean, you've got quarters, we had like, you know, 10, 20ps, 50ps, and just like, come home with nothing, <laughs> nothing to show for it, apart from, you know, the memories. <laughs> but no, the reason was... why I brought up, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, the reason why I brought up Nibblah because there's a there's a documentary on on that, and it's, to get like a billion... Score like nine hundred and ninety nine million or something like that um or no sorry a million so it's nine hundred and ninety nine thousand you have to play the game for three days straight or something
0: that's ridiculous
1: yeah, uh, it was just insane like this guy he did it when he was like a lot younger um and uh so he he was like the the record holder, but he was like an an American guy, and it's just the thing it's like one joystick, but it's like snake, you know the the, the old Nokia. yeah game it's kind of like that it just gets faster and faster and faster but then apparently there was another guy from italy that had beaten his record so he got over a million points or something like that um but it wasn't ever sort of like logged or whatever so i don't this guy was like really annoyed that he didn't hold the world record so he almost trained rocky style to kind (laughs) of like do it again so he could smash this score and that and he tried so many times. He even had like a, uh, a nibbler machine brought to his house, so he could sit there and try and smash this thing. Dude, and like, it took what do you him you piss in a bottle? It took him years.
0: <laughs> huh? Well, yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, you literally. Piss in yeah, a bottle.
1: Yeah, no, I think you could. There is a um, there is a way to take breaks with playing the game, but yeah, you can't um, you can't sleep or do anything. And so it's really. It's like a real test, but it's just a mate. This documentary is mad. I can't think of the name of it now, but I'm sure if you typed in Nibbler and documentary, it would it would come up. And, yeah, just yeah. use the
0: old Google search. Don't be don't be messaging me asking what the where the fuck this Nibbler fucking documentary is. Just do the Google. Um, but so I, I wanted. I'm not sure if you remember, but I remember this very, very, very vividly. Do you remember the first time me and you met?
1: Uh, the Rainbow, yeah, with yeah. Um, Chase and Henry from Butcher Babies.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to tell this story. So we were playing with – it was the second-to-last show on the Papa Roach Asking Alexandria Bad Wolves tour. And I remember there was a bar across the street. We were playing the Palladium, and there was a bar across the street there. But I'm like, you know what? I haven't been to the Bow, and I don't even know how long. So I remember I took an Uber to the Rainbow – And I got a table all by myself, and then I look across the room, and I see you, Henry, and Chase. And... I was gonna, I was gonna move my table over there, but then you guys just ended up migrating, migrating towards me. But I just thought that for some reason, I don't know why, I think this is so funny. But the night that you met me, I was sitting at the rainbow by myself, and I decided to eat an entire rainbow pizza <laughs> to I know, myself. Yeah, I
1: remember that <laughs> big greasy fucking pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know we caught you.
0: Yeah, yeah, you caught <laughs> me like I was like midway it. through, and I think you said something because uh, the only thing that was on it was olives or maybe it was oh, chase God. i don't remember
1: <laughs> i mean to be honest with you i was pretty drunk because that was the first night i met henry and chase we were um you know because we were meeting up to see if we'd all get on and you know we could be in a band together and stuff like that um but initially zoltan was the one that contacted me about whether uh i knew any guitar players that would be interested in working with with that band because they were obviously trying to expand their uh their band and their sort of like music and stuff and I think he was like helping them out you know so he hit me up and <clears throat> I was like oh you know was it anything that you know maybe I'd be interested in because I wasn't really doing a huge amount at the time anyway and as we got talking he told me what the band was and stuff like that and then uh he put me in touch with Henry we started chatting and, and eventually I just ended up coming out to LA um well they were working on some new music and I guess he was helping them out you know um to try and uh move their career along, I suppose. I don't really know, to be honest. I just, it was just one of those things where he asked me and I kind of put myself forward for it. And then next thing you know, I'm in LA meeting up with those guys and, you know, we hit it off and the drinks were flowing and we were kind of having a, and then that's when we saw you, you know, with your pizza. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? That night, funnily enough, you mentioned pizza. Cause I had one of those pizzas before we saw you. Yeah. And I'd also had a shitload of JD and, um, as well
0: jd and diet coke man
1: and then we were in there and then i remember um art and from lamb of god was there and um the rest of the bad wolves guys well doc and john anyway doc
0: and chris yeah so after i saw you guys like you know you and i you me chase and henry were like hanging out we were drinking you know we were like buying each other rounds and you know i got pretty messed up and then for some reason, I decided to go back to... I mean, uh, a, a lot of me and you hanging out can be <laughs> attributed to, yeah, we were pretty messed up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah, definitely. How it, um, how it starts, you know?
0: So I decided to go back to the Palladium for some reason. And I go there, and the bar that like we're having like this like private get-together at across the street from the Palladium, I'm like, I'm in there, I'm like, this is dry. I'm going to go back to the bow. And then like Chris and Doc and Matt Madeiro from, from Ashes to New... Right. Um, they they get in the car with me, and then I just go back to the rainbow. Right. And we see you, we see Art, like, me and Art are chatting it up. And I think even John showed up for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, but... I remember John turning up fairly, like, later on. I yeah. I mean, at this point, it was like... Because yeah, I think in America, it's slightly different to here, you know, where everything's, like, optic measured in this country. Like, they don't just pour both, and whichever one hits the top first... <laughs> Determines when they stop pouring the drink, whether it be like JD or yeah. Mixer or whatever you're having. So yeah, I mean it hit me pretty hard, um, and I, I remember eventually because I was staying with my um, my label boss in uh, Glendale. Mm-hmm. So obviously I was just I was like right I need to I need to go back because I'm going to pass out otherwise. Um, <laughs> so I get in the cab, I get all the way back there, and then I'm feeling really queasy on the way back. So I get out the cab, and as I'm walking, because like um, where Mike lives is it's kind of like in a in a like compound building, but you have to walk down the side of the building, which is like a sort of pathway to get to his door, which is like the third door down. Yeah. But he has one of those uh, camera sensors on his door, right? So if any, any any movement's detected, then, you know, the camera switches on. And obviously, oh, you know, yeah, he gets yeah. a feed to his phone and it records it, just in case it's anybody trying to break in or, or do anything weird. Anyway, I couldn't even make it to his front door when I was just, like, literally doubled over in the flower bed outside, hurling up <laughs> rainbow pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And anyway... I didn't see him that night. Like, I just managed to sort of, like, get in, went to bed, got up, and he went, oh, yeah, he said, uh, I saw you come back last night. Do you want to see the video?
0: <laughs> is that is is that Mike Gitter, or who? who uh... Uh,
1: no, uh, javorgian Oh, okay. Uh, I think he worked for um, Sumerian for a bit, I think. Is it Sumerian? Oh, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, also, hmm. um... Century Media as well. He used to oh, okay. work for them. So,
0: but the the really funny thing from that night is so I think we had one more show or maybe that was our last show. I I, I don't really remember, but I know that we were in Phoenix, Arizona the night before. Mind you, this is, was like dead middle of summer. I think it was late August. Right. And we got we got pretty crunk the night before in in, in Phoenix as well. Yeah, I remember it was like one of my friends who lives in the area it was her birthday. So like her and her boyfriend and a few of her friends came out and like, you know, I was I was trying to show him a good time. You know, it was our I think it was was it our show. No, it was it was a paparazzi show. So right. I was like, you know, it's it's her birthday. You know, and I was like buying everybody drinks. And then, like, you know, after a certain time, I brought everybody backstage and, you know, we were drinking fucking Trulys and White Claws and shit. And I just remember waking up in Hollywood the next day, the the same day that I met you. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this day. So I go and I force myself to throw up. And then Chris, Chris, my guitar player, shows up like 20 minutes after I like get out of the shower and like clean my gross ass self up. (laughs) <laughs> and he hands me a spicy Popeyes chicken sandwich.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> and right. uh and like that that like the Palladium show is is a hometown show for me. So like my mom was there, like I had family and shit there. Yeah. And and like Josh Brolin who was like Thanos in the in the yeah, Marvel know, movies, yeah. like he like introduced us and was like a part of like our pre-show rip. I'm not sure if you've seen like when I, when we get into a circle and I start yelling a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like he was a part of like, you know, the the rip. and And then like, I don't know, like after that show, my mom, my mom kind of took off before Papa Roach, I think. So, right. at that time, I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like going and, like, partying with my band. Like, I'm I'm home. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to some place. Because I used to haunt the fucking Rainbow, dude. I've been going there since I was 17 years old.
1: Right. I mean, there's a lot and... of history in that place. Yeah. I met Ron Jeremy in there once.
0: Uh, fuck, who hasn't met Ron Jeremy? Well, I know, see,
1: now I know that. I mean, I was just, you know, when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, it's Ron Jeremy.
0: Who hasn't been sexually assaulted by Ron Jeremy at the Rainbow? <laughs>
1: Well, it, it didn't go that far. I mean, we had a picture and a quiet word, and that was it. He didn't uh, do anything else.
0: So, I was uh, I wasn't going to bring up too much band stuff, just because you know, I know you didn't want to do this until uh, Five Finger Death Punch made the announcement, just so we could talk a little bit more freely about yeah, about yeah. certain things and stuff like that. But I remember I remember seeing you when we played Wembley and <laughs> I, no, knew, I, I, I knew i knew no,
1: because I, i've got my own i've got my own memory of, of of this and although yeah go on you you say what you can say and then
0: i remember seeing you at wembley i'm like what's what's going on here well it's not
1: that like, weird like, to see me like at a london show because um you know obviously i'm i'm english anyway so um, it had had I just been not not been in LA and um, you know Death Punch were playing. I would have been down there anyway. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just I, I just remember seeing seeing you and I'm like Andy. I, I think I think it took you a second. <laughs> I'm not sure if you if you remembered me or not. But I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember no, I did. <laughs> I came I mean, up to be honest, just mate, gave you. A, you well, you had just gotten off a flight. So. Yeah,
1: I what well, I, I I hadn't I hadn't had much sleep at all. Um, because of the sort of 24 hours leading up to that moment was pretty mental for me. Um, yeah. Kind of mixed emotions of, like, panic, excitement, uh, and just a lot of, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I ended up playing guitar for half the flight on the way back, because I was still trying to get my head around a lot of the set. Um. Because I didn't know how soon i would have to have um how soon after learning that stuff i'd have been uh called upon to to play but
0: i remember your first show was in germany wasn't it
1: well this is why i laughed when you said oh you know I saw you in wembley and it was like oh hey because i remember thinking when i saw i saw i don't know if i saw you first or i saw doc first and i remember he just kind of like shot me this look of like fuck are you doing here <laughs> I mean, I saw you in London, which is normal, but what are you doing here? Are you just, you know, following the band around or whatever? So, I mean, at that point, um, there was like two... We were into two German shows, and I I had a long chat with uh, Doc outside the dressing room, and I kind of mentioned to him, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if you've heard or whatever, and he's like, well, yeah, you know, there's there's been rumours, like, going around that, uh, you know, something was going on, and I kind of saw that you were here, and, you know, maybe put two and two together sort of thing so yeah it, it was kind of funny because i was like mm, someone's gonna notice you know that i'm, I'm kind of here and just floating around trying to sort of stay under the radar as it were you know
0: yeah but i remember i went and watched your first show with them in germany and like i'm not just, i'm not just trying to blow smoke but i mean i watched probably a good 90 percent of that of that show and yeah. i was like Andy's fucking killing it right now. <laughs> and, like, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, but I've toured with Five Finger Death Punch in, like, almost all of their iterations. Like, yeah. my old L.A. band used to open up for them before they were signed, and then I was in In This Moment. We played with them when it was Matt Snell playing bass. Right, and then, yeah, you know, so Bad Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, and then Bad Wolves had played with them when it was, you know, um, Jeremy and, and Hook in the band and then like we were there for when charlie joined the band and then we were there for when you unofficially so seen... at the time joined the band
1: yeah so you you're, you're uh, you've seen like all the different variations of lineups
0: yeah i've seen yeah. pretty i've played a show with pretty much every iteration of death punch that there's been
1: right i mean and, i'm uh, I'm, the... I'm pretty confident now that that's kind of it for the old lineup changes yeah. I'm going to I'm going to call well, it early and say that's it, you know.
0: The one thing the one thing is is I know that Jeremy and you know Jason Hook are, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. They're a little bit older. I know that they're both um sober and stuff like that. So they they weren't really ones to come and hang out. I mean, I know it's really only you you and Charlie I think who are the non-sober guys in the band, I think. <sighs> I don't know about yeah, his whole time. I mean... But um, it, it's nice because I think being closer in age to you guys, it's kind of like I feel like, you know, because the Death Punch guys are, most of those guys are 10 years older than I am. um, yeah. And I think just being closer to age with, like, you and Charlie and feeling like, oh, these guys are, like, my actual peers now. Yeah. And then, like, going out and, like, being able to, you know, go and hang out with you guys and get into fucking trouble and, you know, Uh, has just been, has just been like, I don't know. I feel it's, you guys definitely bring a new breath of fresh air to the band. And I mean, you both, like you and Charlie are both not only like some of my favorite people, but you're both really talented in your, in your instruments. You know, like Charlie is a ridiculous ridiculous drummer I think I've 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 watched see the one thing I don't think I've ever told you but I've I've known who you were for a really long time I've seen you a few places but I'm not one of those guys to go up and fucking punish Be like oh my god you're Andy James well you plus know?
1: you're a bass player as well you know I mean yeah <laughs> I'd be like I don't talk to bass players <laughs>
0: no i joking um but it, it, like the camaraderie, because it took Charlie a little while to it took Charlie a little while to kind of kind of, you know, be Charlie around around the boys, you know?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I, I hadn't known Charlie for um a huge amount of time, but I knew him before he joined Death Punch because he was the drummer for um, for Angel Vivaldi and uh, Scale the Summit on the tour that we did. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a band, but we had this song that me and Angel wrote uh, that required like a live band thing. So at the end of every night, we'd all get together and and, like jam and play and stuff. But even on that tour, like, you know I mean? Charlie hit it off and, you know, there's a few times where we go and find a a bar somewhere and just kind of hang out and and drink. Because again, you know, me and him, because we're not like, you know, like mad drinkers or anything like that. We just both like to have a drink, I suppose, but it doesn't really impact... Our ability to, um, you know, function and do a tour and, and, and that kind of stuff, you know, I'm yeah. very much a take it or leave it drinker. Anyway, I mean, I haven't really drunk that much in lockdown, so it's yeah. like I like to go out, drink a lot, but I don't do it every day. You know,
0: yeah, I haven't really. I had a, I had a couple of drinks with some friends a couple of days ago for a friend's birthday, but I mean, other than that, I think I had like, because I actually had, I had Charlie on the podcast not too long ago as well. Oh, and we yeah. talked about yeah because we had talked about like going out and getting drinks and stuff and uh, I'm like I just want to reiterate like we're not alcoholics but no, it's just no, sometimes I mean, you know yep. and the times it wasn't every single night it was like you know maybe once a week that we will all go out and get on now I mean I'm not really going to talk about you know the the poisonous night in Milan but like one of my favorite one of my favorite nights going out with you guys was when was that, that
1: rock bar that we found yeah okay yeah, yeah. I, know, I know I remember the night yeah <laughs>
0: But the one time where I went out with, um, with a friend in Austria and we went to that speakeasy. Remember like the door was behind like a picture of a nun and he oh, had to yeah, like yeah, I do remember picture that, yeah. of the nun. Couldn't find like, it. Like I just, yeah, we had to send you guys, I just send you guys a video of how to get in. Yeah. And then they had all those drinks where it was like a, a disco ball and they would put like this little light next to it and then the. the the fucking <laughs> so I'm stupid but I'm dude and the guy who was running like the bartender of that of that bar of that speakeasy was just like super cool and like anytime he would make something because they had crazy different cups for all their drinks mm. I'd be like yo what's that I was like cool that's what I want next and I, I I'm surprised I didn't get more messed up in Austria <laughs> than I did because I was just kind of like I don't know what that is and I was mixing but it just the cups were so cool. Yeah. I was like, I really want to keep this. I really want to keep this disco ball cup. He's like, you can't keep the disco ball cup. I was like, I'll pay for it. He's like, I can't even can't remember take...
1: what that is. I, I, you're saying about it. And I, I'm getting flashes now of something that resembles a disco ball, but that could have yeah, been. Anything. I don't
0: remember. I don't remember. I don't remember the. <clears throat> so it was basically like an Arnold Palmer with gin, but they called it something else. It was another celebrity's name who had like, Palmer I I don't remember but they had crazy names for like all these weird drinks and then there was like one drink I think I had before you guys showed up and it was like in this like Jägermeister style uh, glass it had like a deer on it and they yeah. like put like dry ice or something in it and it like smoked
1: oh, this is like a Halloween type drink
0: yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm all for, like, the fucking girly, crazy fucking drinks. I don't care. Yeah, man. I mean, you yeah. know,
1: you've got to experience this stuff. But, I mean, I, I suppose you kind of got to be careful because, obviously, you know, doing doing that show especially, I, I wanted to try and be on top of it as, as much as possible. Because even, like, even, even sort of halfway through the tour, I was still sitting backstage going through stuff, making sure I, I knew it. So, like, yeah. you know, getting up the following day and being, you know, really hungover, plus the fact you've got to respect the fact that there's two two guys in the band that are, uh, have been sober for a, a while now and, yeah. you know, they, they don't want to be around that either and, you know, I totally respect that. So that's that's the thing. you kind of got to strike a balance of, you know, being on tour and enjoying that side of it, but also kind of respecting the fact that there are other people that maybe don't want to be around that, you know what I mean? So. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. And But, I mean, it's still nice to have... You know, and like I said, it wasn't like we were doing this every single night. It'd be like maybe once a week. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But I also I I understand that as well because I know that, you know, Chris, Chris has has you know he went through a really rough patch and he got sober and I'm super proud of him and I yeah, and honestly yeah. I I try not to be you know I I don't want to go around and like bug chris or ivan or anything like that especially when i when i have like a drink in my hand i just i don't want to be like you know i don't want to be that guy so i definitely respect their you know that they don't want to do that anymore and i'm also but i'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to like shove it in their face either
1: yeah i mean i mean it's not as if you can't go out i mean chris me chris and charlie we went out one night um i think it was maybe prague or poland or somewhere and, you know, we went out and we had a uh, good night. I mean, it, that was the night that I thought I'd lost the Death Punch drummer for good. And I was uh, I was going to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, Czech Republic. That's it. That's where it was. Um,
0: we almost lost our drummer that night, too.
1: Oh, did you? Well, no, we did. I, I mean, honestly, because uh, we went to this club or whatever, and, and um, we, we kind of got separated. Uh, Chris had obviously probably just left or whatever, um, but me and Charlie were still in the, the place. But... Um, I just remember uh, he was, you know, we were both pretty out of it, but he was, I had to kind of look after him. So it was like, maybe we should go back to the hotel. And then, so we we got back to the hotel and stuff and, and it was kind of like, well, it's only like quarter past one, you know, maybe we should sort of go out. And Charlie was like, yeah, yeah, fuck, let's go out. So we went to this bar and I remember, I can't remember what it's called now, but when I walked down the stairs and got into that place, I realised I'd been there before on another tour um the reason why was at remember-
0: harley's what were we oh, we were it, there it, it, yeah yeah it might, you ran into you been, and charlie it, ran
1: yeah that's it Har is it harley's yeah <clears throat> the only reason i remember the place is because the last time i was there on an instrumental tour um i bit my bass player's head in one of the cubicles because <laughs> we were like fighting <laughs> and for some reason i decided to bite his head and it fucking started bleeding <laughs> And I remember when we walked down the stairs, I looked over and that was the first memory I had. It was like, oh, yeah, I bit someone's head over there. And then <laughs> we just carried on. I remember, the car. I remember
0: you guys. So you you had shown up. I think Doc had probably already left. I think Chris had already left. And I think it was just me and John, or maybe it was me, Chris, and John. I don't remember. So after you guys left, I think everybody from our group left except for John John stayed there because that place was open all night he stayed there yeah. like, until 6 in the morning and mind you like he didn't know where our bus was parked his phone died and he had to pay some guy to drive him to his bus and use his phone to contact our tour manager because oh, it God. was like 6am and he's like I don't know what I'm going to do boys <laughs> I think I'm going to get oil spotted in Prague
1: I mean yeah but he was at least he was like contactable see because me and Charlie we decided that we were going to leave right, so we both got our coats from the front desk I walk out first, because I'm like, look, I'm going to get a taxi, because I was probably the only one out of the, both of us that was probably capable of ordering a taxi. <laughs> so I went out, I went out to the road, right, I flagged down his taxi, I opened the door, I literally turned around, and he's gone. And I'm like, where the fuck has he gone? Like, how has he managed to disappear from leaving the front of the place? And then that's it. And obviously, I, I mean, I shut the door of the taxi, and he just drove off. And I was just walking up and down the street just to see, because I was thinking, there's no way in his state he would have been able to have got anywhere quickly. <laughs> so I would have, I would have seen either either way up the road someone, you know, making use of the full pavement. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't find him anywhere, honestly. And I couldn't even remember the name of the hotel because on our app. You know, like the Master Tour app, right? It tells you like yeah. where you're staying, what you're doing. Well, we changed hotels, so we weren't at the one that was on Master Tour, right? So, and I couldn't remember it, and I was just trying to. I got in the taxi, and I was just saying, "Oh, it's got it's got these flags down it, and it's this that and the other," but the geese didn't have any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, we were, I miraculously found this place because I recognised um, the street, and then we suddenly just saw this thing, so we weren't that far away. But yeah, I was just like kept. I'm not ringing Charlie texting him or whatever no response I'm thinking fuck 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 I do not want to be the person that's like lost their drummer on tour because I mean it was I don't know anyway I mean it was fine I just had to wake a couple of people up that didn't really want to be woken up you know what I mean
0: where was where where did you find Charlie
1: he's just wandering about it, but it turns out what had happened is he walked straight out the club into an open cab <laughs> <laughs> that was out the front of the venue, door shut, and he went, and he went, yeah, take me, and then they just drove off. But the the guy took him to the wrong place. So anyway, oh, we were we were just like me and uh, Jeff, which is like Zoltan's assistant, we were just outside the front of the the hotel, um, and I'm just like panicking at this point. And anyway. You just see a silhouette of two people appear in the distance down the hall. One's walking straight, and the other one's kind of zigzagging right. And I'm thinking, that's got to be Charlie. So anyway, he turned up, but it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know what you were worried about, man. I knew what I was doing. I was like, fine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh god. Anyway, um, it was funny because the following day I kind of had to fill in a a few blanks, but uh, I don't know. That was it. Was fun, but it was scary at the same time. You know what I mean? But that's the sort of thing that happens. Um,
0: yeah, well, I mean, uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I always make sure, and I, I had to switch phone carriers over here because, uh, with the old phone carrier I had to have my phone on in Europe was like fucking 10, $20 a day. Yeah. So, but I don't like to not have my phone on. No. Cause it's, well, you know, you never know. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brooklyn Bir- Birkeland never charges this fucking phone. So that's his own damn fault. That he couldn't. Right. You know, that he could, but he found his way back before the bus left. And, but yeah, just in case there's an emergency like that, I like to be able to be like, all right, I can use my phone. I can call whoever I need to call. Yeah. If, like, I end up being fucking lost or, you know, you don't want to end up, like, being, you know, like, like in the fucking hostile movies or something you know
1: well i mean that that's the kind of images that run through your head you know because i mean even i mean i'm european i guess or not anymore but um that's it. yeah well right on the cusp of whatever that's gonna do i don't know i've kind of lost interest in all of that i'm trying not to mm. even look at the news now it's just every day doom and gloom more and more oh. restrictions lockdowns this that and the other I mean, yeah, at the I know moment, the UK
0: it, has it pretty shitty right now.
1: Oh, it just, do you know what? It feels like there's no future. Yeah. Like, genuinely, feels like you can't plan for nothing. You can't go, where will I be in ten years' time? There's none of yeah. that because I don't think any of us fucking know at the moment. And it's not the uh, the thing that frustrates me about the whole thing is it's not the you know following the rules, doing all of that. I mean, I know there's loads of different people that have got their own ideas about that compared to you know what we're being told versus you know what everyone's saying is actually the truth or you know it's hard to follow some of this stuff yeah but it's i just wish there was more of an end game like i i, I you know like where someone's going well look it's going to be this but eventually it'll it'll be fine and you know go back but there's just for the first time ever it really feels like everything ain't going to be fine i don't know yeah it's just, a, it's just i know it's the same for everybody but it's like it's gone so far down that rabbit hole now
0: um, yeah, and it's just, it just keeps, like you said, it just like more restrictions and then more limitations, and it's, it's a it's a lot, especially for people in the music industry like you and me. And I'm not just talking about musicians; I'm talking about crew guys, photographers, bus drivers, truck drivers, anybody associated with the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really Concerning, and we don't know when we can go back to work. Like no. I posted, I posted a tweet not too long ago of there was this church who bought a protester's license in Nashville, and instead of it being a protest, they threw a ten thousand person church concert. Right. And it was I. I was really pissed off about that. I was just like, not only do churches not pay taxes, but I guess yeah. they can just throw concerts with ten thousand people whenever they want. I guess me and my unemployed twelve, uh, my my unemployed twelve million homies will just go fuck ourselves.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's just no. It's just really hard to pinpoint like what it is. Because like I said, you know, there's just loads of different things, like people are doing loads of different things and, you know, people are following the rules, not following the rules, they're saying, you know, that this and that, oh, I don't know. Like I say, it's just, it's so frustrating, I can't even put it into words, like, and it's not, it's not really for for, for me necessarily, because like, it, I mean, it has been a weird year, because obviously it's been like simultaneously the best and worst year, um, yeah. you know, for me, but I mean, thank God for the internet and stuff because a lot of how I make my living and, and, and everything is very internet-based anyway. So the the living side of things hasn't really been affected too much. You know, not that I've had to go and work at Tesco's stuck in, you know, shelves or, or whatever. Um, but that might happen if this lasts, you know.
0: Yeah. And for people who don't know, Tesco's is kind of like Seven Eleven.
1: Oh, Supermarket, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they have like the Tesco Express that always reminds me of... a. Of a Seven yeah, Eleven, yeah. I fucking it's the same, love Tesco, so it's the same thing. I love yeah. Tesco. Yeah, my favorite thing to do when we land, like, and get to like our hotel or wherever it is we're staying in in London is I immediately go find a Sainsbury's or a Tesco. Yeah, and get all my favorite <laughs> my favorite snacks. You know, the digestives or crisps yep. or yep. candy bars that I can't get. Yeah, we had a conversation <laughs> about this the other day because you were saying how like uh, Pepsi Max. Is like terrible over here, but it's like really oh, good it's over awful. there.
1: Yeah, same. Well, it's the same with KFC, man. It's, I don't know <laughs> what happens to KFC over the the, the water, but it doesn't. They, travel they can't well. call
0: it chicken. That's why they changed the name to KFC.
1: Oh, really? They co- because they can't it's so genetically it like, modified.
0: Right. Yeah, because it's so it's so genetically modified. It's like chemical compound number twenty two or something. Oh, is it? Because they're they're genetically engineered to not have beaks. They're <sighs> like. Yeah.
1: I actually have a picture on my phone of what a bird would look like without a beak on and it's just a set of teeth.
0: <laughs> I don't know why.
1: The other week I was googling beakless birds and that came up. <laughs> beakless <laughs> birds. It's a good name for a band, isn't
0: it? Yeah, beakless birds. Um so I just wanted to touch on one one subject really quickly just because I'm sure you know, anybody who's listening to this, you know, you guys just released a new music video, and I just wanted to read something and, and I wanted to get your retort on it as well. Um, okay. th- this is from Zoltan. This is, for, this is from the big man's mouth himself, because a lot of people had taken the new video as like super anti mask and like people who wear masks are fucking communists and shit like this. So, this is from Zoltan, uh, his post from one day ago as of October the 18th. Okay. Uh, it says as much as some nudes, new, uh, news sites, that's in quotations, used anti mask as a clickbait title. And I must applaud the capitalists in them, or, or I myself would be a hypocrite, but let's make this crystal clear in a fictional story amongst shopping cart, shopping cart, zombies, Tide pot, eating fat superheroes and all the other metaphors. Why would anyone think the mask scene? Isn't one. The mask segments are about hypocrisy on the highest level. When the rules are made for you, uh, but the rules are made for you, but not those who made them are exempt. Pretty much the yeah. standard in all dictati- dictatorships and totalitarian regimes. Yeah. I had the displeasure of g- growing up in one, you know, because he was in fucking Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Um, hence the reference. So no. The scene in question is not about the masks. It is not an anti-mask message. In fact, you can go to FiveFingerDeathPunch.com right now and buy some really cool ones. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that, was, that was just something because I think it, it doesn't matter what it is right now. We're so close to an election. Like, you could literally make anything political right now. And they have, especially... I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but I know in America... Uh, the mask is a very political statement. You get super conservative uh, right who are very anti-mask and then you have you know the super liberal uh, left who is like, oh, you need to do this. And you have guys like myself where it's like, I'm kind of in the middle. I wear my mask because I think it's the right thing to do but I'm not going to go out of my way to harass somebody for not wearing theirs because I don't know what their stories are. You know, I don't know what their life has brought them. So I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, yo, you fucking piece of shit. You, you must want your fucking grandma to die or some shit <sighs> yeah, like that. Like, see, that I, that's I, not my vibe, dude.
1: I feel like that's kind of the real epidemic at the moment. I mean, obviously, you know, virus aside and all that, because um, I mean, I'm like you, I, I don't want to have like the confrontation with, with anybody, you know, um, I mean, nobody I know has, has had it. But I mean, my my uh, mother in law, she's a nurse. She works in the hospital uh whenever me and my wife go out you know we wear our masks and stuff but i don't know for me it's i mean i've done a lot of research on the on the whole thing and like looked at both sides and everything and and spoken to people that actually work in the medical profession and stuff and you know you get like you get like kind of real world opinions and views from people that actually work in that thing and yeah you know most most of them they're not at panic stations about the whole thing you know they're they're like well you know this can help or whatever but you know it is what it is and we have to kind of just sort of like follow the rules I mean like I say I do it I I have a mask and stuff when I go out but it's like I said to you before it's just how long is this going to go on for because it's like obviously it's not the most natural thing for us to be so in that forevermore you know what i mean so like there has to be an end to it at some point
0: i talked to my friend who works at the dod which is the department of defense for the united states of america yeah he's a very high up in his position i'm not going to say his name or where i know him from because i don't want to get him into trouble um but what he had told me is june yeah you dropping fucking guitar picks over there what are you doing
1: Sorry, mate. Yeah, I dropped the guitar. (laughs) Because they're they're like old texts. They make a lot of noise.
0: So he said June. And that is his best guesstimation because every 100 years there seems to be another pandemic. Like, you know, 100 years ago was the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. And about 18 months is the typical runtime for it to go through everybody it's probably going to go through and then subside. But, I mean, he... He said he can't be sure because he had just heard about reinfection in uh, someone who was reinfected in Nevada, but he's like they haven't made full confirmation that is that re- it's a, re- a reinfection case and not just some bullshit liberal media. Hmm. So he says typically 18 months, so yeah. June.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of like – wait it out and see what happens, you know what I mean? I mean, I know there's a lot of political unrest here um, to do with our government and how they're dealing with it and just how... I think a lot of people just feel like the restrictions and everything that's been put upon us is way more over the top than it needs to be. And I think it's really yeah. pushing people to their limit of how much they're going to be told what they can and can't do, who they see, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's really down to anything about being um, not compassionate to your fellow man, you know what I mean? Because like, mm, yeah. you know, social distancing wearing a mask and, and washing your hands is kind of the best thing you can do anyway if you're following the rules and stuff but it's like you just think that we've been told for so long that that's enough but it clearly isn't with the way that they're behaving and, and doing all this and then it starts to, you start to kind of question well, why Why is this a thing? Well, Why is it so dramatic you know when i mean at least like two years ago back in march uh sorry back in january february in 2018 62,000 people died of uh cold and flu at the beginning of that year and it was like the highest on record that we had and i didn't i didn't even know that until like a few weeks ago when i stumbled across um you know figures from other years and stuff like that and you're like wow you know i mean we haven't quite got to that number yet but yet things are way worse than they were two years ago yeah well I know I think think, the total
0: the total the total death rate so far and granted it it, like I understand that like it is COVID deaths have been marked as like if you have COVID and then you get pneumonia and then you die you don't die of pneumonia you you die of COVID-19 because that was the overall cause of the pneumonia so I think you know the the best guesstimation is we're over a million deaths and I know America has one-fifth Of those deaths um, without having one fifth of the world's population, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think just it's it's really weird. Like, you'll see a lot more liberal states who have, you know, the mandates and then the Republican states, uh, you know, the conservative states, you know, like Texas and Florida and shit like that are just like, nah, just go do whatever the fuck you want. Like, I I have a friend from out here who she's in She's in Florida right now. Why are you
1: dropping so much sorry, shit, keep, dude? Sorry, I'm just I'm a, I'm a, I'm a
0: fiddler, mate. I'd like
1: to fiddle with shit when I'm talking, and I keep dropping.
0: Put it. your fucking dick beaters away. Sorry. And... Carry on I'm as you kidding. were, as you were. I have a friend who's um from out here in LA. Who she went to Florida yesterday to go to Disney World because Disney World's open. You Is know it, what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's Florida, isn't it? I mean, they've just opened everything yeah. up now. So. I'm like, I mean, I it, don't know if I'd be ready for that, but that's my personal thing. Like, I'm not. Yeah, gonna I be don't know.
1: I mean, it, it, if Boris Johnson turned around tomorrow and said, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Everything's gone back to normal." I mean, I, I I I'd just go back to normal. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm worried about going out. I'll just just do it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've had it, even though, uh, um, I haven't been uh, haven't had to like go and you know test myself or anything. But um, I've had
0: two tests. I don't know if. I don't know if the one I took was like for the antibodies or not but it was kind of it was a quick test yeah so it was just basically like if you have it right this second so it didn't tell me if I've had it before and fought it off it was just like oh you currently at this moment do not have it but there's there there could have been I mean everyone in our camp a lot of people in our camp got really sick when we were in Europe and I know, like, after we played the Milan show, like, the next week, they had to close down because of the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, and it was John nice had it all because it seems the symptoms. to be following us
1: around. You know, yeah. On that tour.
0: Yeah. And I know John, we think John had it, because, yeah. like, two days after he got home. But you figure if John had it, we all would have had it. I think because maybe we Charlie,
1: taking... Charlie was pretty ill um, leading up to, like, when I joined as well. I know that much.
0: Uh, and, yeah. that,
1: and that could have been that. Um,
0: But see, here's the thing, like, I touched, you know, I've touched Charlie, I've touched John, you know, like, their hands and shit or whatever, you know, shaking hands, giving hugs. I've been in close proximity with them, and if one of them had it, it would make sense that I would have got it. I did get sick, but I didn't get as sick as some other people. So, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have any other medication besides, you know, going to the fucking apothecary and getting cold medicine. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We do think that John had it because he had a cough for like a month and a half after he got home. Yeah, and yeah. Had all of like the pneumonia symptoms and he went to the doctor and they weren't testing anybody at this time. Like it was right, right. when we got back. So yeah. they're like, oh, we're not going to give you a COVID test. There's no fluid in your lungs, which I guess, you know, now it's like there's a whole bunch of different symptoms. It's not just that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, back um, in January, I, um, I was like really ill. Um, I was kind it was weird because it came in like two waves, I was like, I had like cold symptoms for a bit and then I, uh it kind of went away, you know, it didn't really get too bad and I thought, oh right, yeah, it's gone, fine. And then, I don't know, a couple of days gone past and then it just came back with a vengeance and it hit me and I was probably in bed for like a couple of days with just a ridiculous cough and that, but it was right on the um, cusp of coming out to LA um to do some stuff. And I wasn't about to cancel that, so I just had to kind of, you know, get my shit together and, and go anyway. And yeah. I just remember being in the hotel before my flight and I couldn't sleep. I was sick, really nauseous. Like to the point where I just, I thought I was going to pass out, you know, it was really bad. Just coughing. You know, when you cough that much, you get like the worst like even a slight cough and your head just can't take it. Yeah. It's if so... it's like
0: right in the center of it, feels like oh, there's an God. X splitting your head in half. Yeah.
1: But then weirdly, like that went on for about a week or so. Um, but that night was literally the last night that I was really bad. And basically on the, on the flight on the way over to LA, I was starting to feel a lot better. And then, and then that's it. I haven't been ill since. I mean, I, I did, um, I did go for a test the other week actually. Um, Cause I had to go and do some photos, but at the moment, like where I live, they don't um, they don't test you unless you've got symptoms. So I went and they were like, "Well, like, do you have any symptoms?" I was like, "No, you know, uh, I'm just doing it because uh, I know I'm gonna gonna work and I just want to, you know, get checked out or whatever." But they took my temperature and stuff and just said, "Look, you know, you don't have a temperature or anything, so we're only testing people that have symptoms. So you know, don't worry about it." Hmm. Um, so so that was that. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man it's kind of odd but yeah i mean going back to the video um that you brought up i mean obviously you know having just joined the band and, and all the rest of it um the, uh, the synopsis and everything for this video had already been written and and uh, already been thought about um and so i wasn't in the video or anything like that but i understood the concept to the video because i'd seen it like beforehand um and that it wasn't it didn't strike me as something that was like inherently anti mask wearing, I mean yeah. I can see why people like say that or whatever, but this is what I was saying to you when I said like the real epidemic a- aside from the viruses that people are so emotionally charged at the moment i mean it- it's it more so than normal I think there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people that they are the, the pandemic re- exacerbated it yeah you know? i mean they, they read headlines or or and without clicking <clears> a story <throat> to see the full details or you know they'll watch a bit of a video and probably not watch it to the end or you know uh-huh. there be, there'd be all these things where you'll do and then you just literally emotionally shoot from the hip without really thinking about what you're actually saying and what it's actually based on just through sheer anger and annoyance and it does seem to be more types of people that, than others that do that you know what i mean because like for me I, I i never react like that like straight away if i look at something i'll i'll think about it for a bit uh to to make sure that you know my reaction is going to be like informed or justified um, yeah. instead of just kind of like seeing something and then immediately getting on the keyboard and going, fucking hell, you know, and all this.
0: Yeah, because... I, I definitely, I've, I've done that a couple of times and I, I, yeah. I regretted it. But uh, but there's also, like what we were talking about a few days ago, like what I was saying is that there's also people who are political shit posters too, who literally do it for the reaction because it makes them, yeah, makes them laugh. Yeah. And that doesn't so help, like, man. Those types no. of
1: people don't help any situation, whether it be politically or, you know, musically. It's like, look, you know, if you don't like a band or you don't like the music, just scroll on. But people fucking don't. They literally have to get on there and just post the worst. I mean, I've I've had my fair share of, like, shitty messages. I mean, not even about the video, just joining Death Punch in general. And obviously, it's people that, um, that really don't like change. And they're just without really understanding the full facts and everything that, that has gone on, I um, think I'm the one, you know, I'm, I'm to blame. You, yeah, you're the somehow. one that, you're the one know, that it's fucking, my... yeah, Your fault. it's my yeah. fault. I went, yeah, fuck, you know, I kicked Jason out and I, I pushed him out and I did all this, you <laughs> know, like it's somehow my fault that all of this has yeah. happened, well, which is when, it's not when, me, you know.
0: When, when the news came out, I wanted to do a couple of posts because, you know, I consider you a homie, like, you know, me and you chat and, you know, yeah. keep in touch and shit. So I I wanted to do a couple of posts. Now, Instagram and Twitter, like, whatever. I just said, you know, congratulations, Andy James. So proud of you. Whatever. But on Facebook, I made sure to make a completely separate post that was like, you know, um, I'm really stoked that they they were finally able to announce that my homie Andy James is now now playing for Five Finger Death Punch. Um, This is like, I don't care how you feel about this band or the band's decision to replace a member. Miss me with that bullshit because this is literally about a post. This is literally a post about me being proud of my friend. So don't yeah. comment your bullshit on here. Take it take it to fucking metalsucks.com. <laughs> and you probably you know what I did mean? anyway. I mean I No, there I actually wasn't. Them. Right. There, 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 I mean, there actually wasn't.
1: The the reaction has been I'd say it's probably ninety eight percent you know, positive people have been like, you know, really cool about it. And so that's cool. Cause obviously for me, I'm like sitting here, like thinking, right, the re- it's gone out now. What's the reaction going to be like? Cause obviously it's a, you know, it's not a small thing what's happening. Yeah. Um, Jason's
0: been in the band since the second, since before yeah. the second record came out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, and the, the other thing that people have to remember as well is like, I've been a fan of death punch since American capitalist, you know, so I'm kind of in the same boat as every fan of the band in terms of like how I kind of view this situation because obviously you know I've been a fan of Jason's for a, for a while you know obviously as long as I've listened to the band and I think he's a great player underrated um, in, in the context of like being in a band like Five Finger Death Punch you know for being a guitar player I, I understand what it takes to play that stuff and I know people yeah. kind of like you know obviously just like to to hate on a band and that, but fuck, I mean, you know, you have got to be fairly accomplished to play a lot of that stuff. It's not the sort of thing that you can learn in like, and if you've been playing that kind of thing anyway, you'd have to really train to, to be yeah. able to do that convincingly. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from, from, you know, what, what he's done and, and, and done with the band Cause obviously they've done like great things or whatever, but now this, I, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. I just, I wish him the best of luck and obviously I'm going to be like seeing whatever else he comes out with because I'd, I'd still want to see him play and do something but obviously yeah. change happens you know for whatever reason people just decide they don't want to do something anymore and they, and they move on so I'm yeah. looking at it as a positive thing it's like well look you know I'm going to respect what's gone before me and I'll not undoubtedly bring something to the band that maybe they haven't had before that I think is going to work within the context of, of what they do because it's not as if I'm going to come in and it's just going to be a completely different band because
0: that's
1: yeah. that's you want you want
0: to pay homage to the songs that were written before your time as well, you know. You're yeah, it's going to come in and so, change everything.
1: It's not completely it's not lost on me, you know, the the Yeah. how how some fans must be feeling about that kind of thing because like I say, I'm a fan myself, so I'm I'm in completely the same the same boat, I've just, just been kind of lucky enough to get the opportunity to kind of embark on
0: the next stage of of the band um and i always appreciate it when when guys like you you know who are good good dudes all around great guitar players you know because you and you've been hustling for years and years and years and years yeah like it always it always kind of warms my heart when guys like you get the shot you know guys like you and charlie or you get the chance to like all right like i've worked my whole life for this like not just playing, you know, like two hundred and fifty seater clubs to guitar players like now you actually get to go out and be the headliner and do all these big arena shows and amphitheater shows with the fucking pyro and the lasers <laughs> and Yeah. I mean the one thing the one thing I'm curious, are you gonna get a laser guitar now?
1: I don't know. It depends on Keys already if he'd uh, if he'd do one. <laughs> he probably would if I you know, if I was kinda of doing that kind of thing. Um I mean you know, it's, it's gonna have to be something that I'll I'll find my thing, you know, and it'll yeah. be it'll be whatever it is. I mean obviously the whole um thirty foot tower thing and laser guitars and stuff was Jason's thing, you know, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna no, have to was, I'm gonna have to find my own a... thing, you know. <laughs> yeah I mean I Which, looked at uh, that thing I was like you ain't gonna get me up on that fucking hell I mean I saw it I saw him go up on it a couple of nights and I was just like it's a good job he's strapped in because you ain't standing on that free you know it shakes yeah. on the way up and that was enough for me I was like nah <laughs> you ain't get me up on that but that's because I, mean, that I have was- serious vertigo like I I mean it's not even something I can control I mean I went to yeah. a, I went to a bar in uh in New York once with a friend of mine uh well Chris Johnson and uh, Angel Vivaldi, right? And um we were standing in line for for like ages and, and when we eventually got to the, the, the entrance to the um the bar, we uh we had to go up in a in a lift. Or elevator, sorry. Um so I got in there, it seemed totally enclosed, so you can't see like when you're going up. Anyway, we were sort of going up and up and up and up. It must have been like floor fifteen or something. Um yeah. And as soon as the door opened, there wasn't very much walkway before it was just like almost like infinity glass. So that the glass Mm. started right at the edge of the thing. And I just, I literally just couldn't stand up. I had to lean against the wall, but I can't control that. You know what I mean? My brain obviously just can't deal with seeing a sheer drop right where I'm standing for me to you know, stay standing. It's just a weird, always had it. I mean, even like flying is all right. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but obviously you're, you're much higher up. I fucking hate flying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. It's the bit you've got to do, you know, to to get in yeah. there. It's not the most, it's not the nicest thing, but the I mean, more it, you do it, the more used to it you get, you know.
0: If we were, I mean, fuck, I think between between 2018 to you know earlier this year, I think I've probably been on like 50 flights. I don't even yeah. know, but um it might be different if you know because you know the bad wolves you know we can't afford to get those nice flights for everybody you know what i mean right you know like we're all in coach i think if we were like had a little bit more room to like stretch out and maybe you know got that glass of champagne or a mimosa right when we sat down it'd be a little bit more comfortable (laughs) yeah but you never know you you know third or
1: fourth album mate you might you know just rent the (laughs) whole of first class and it would just be the band and crew
0: like I I was talking to Charlie about this and I don't know if you know this so when you go on the international flights you have to walk through the business class area which like that's not first class that's like business class and business class plus is further up in the plane Mm -hmm. but like when you get on the plane there's like a staircase that goes up and I guess like I don't know is that like the real first class? Like someone told me that there's like a bar and like your own private pods and shit up there. Like,
1: um, I don't know. I've not been, generally <clears> when I when I go um, international, like if I go to America or whatever, it's not like a double decker, uh, like front part of the plane. It's just, you have first class or business or whatever it is. And then you have premium economy and then you have coach and that's it. So the, the, the bit that you're in with the beds and the TVs and stuff, there is a bar just there before you go into the front bit but that's that's you know and if you go any further up the plane you'll be flying the thing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah so that's 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 it you know but i i've never been in one of i have been in one of those a380s which yeah. is uh, a scary experience because that's i mean my brother's a pilot right and he's not scared of flying at all obviously he does it for a career and he, even he said to me he was like that's a fucking accident waiting to happen that thing you wouldn't get me going up in one and you're like fuck really, really? Yeah, so that's that's not a shining endorsement for those like <laughs> double decker planes when you got a pilot that won't even go up in one, you know. So,
0: yeah, it was funny actually how my career started was uh, the bass player that I replaced in, in this moment actually quit music to become a pilot. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he works for FedEx or UPS, flying those planes. Yeah, I don't, th- yeah. I don't think he flies commercially. I think it's just. You know.
1: No, my, my brother works for DHL, so it's just freight and stuff. Um, I, I guess it's probably less responsibility if the plane goes down. It's only going to kill them up the front, and a yeah. load of people just won't get their parcels. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, buddy, but that's what fucking yeah. package insurance is for. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a, a lot
0: a- easier to not be a commercial airline pilot because you got like you know you could have there's like three, four hundred. Yeah, Yeah. you got like three, four hundred motherfuckers back there. Fucking babies crying and fucking fat dudes farting up fucking the lasagna and shit, you know? Yeah.
1: There was a funny news story ages ago. I don't know if it's true or not, but I like to think it is true. Because just imagine being the guy that did the worst shit on a British Airways (laughs) flight, where halfway through the flight they had to turn it around and go back because it was that bad. (laughs)
0: Dude, I heard So I'm not sure if you saw this either But uh, it came out a couple months ago There was an article in Los Angeles Times Where an LAX pilot said that they saw a guy with a jetpack And then a couple days ago Another pilot spotted another guy with a jetpack around LAX
1: Wow, really? How recently was this?
0: So the first article was like a month or two ago And the most recent article was within the last week Wow It was like, like the title in LA Times was just like second sighting of Jetpack Man from a, a different uh, pilot at LAX.
1: Well, I mean, they must be like circulating because, I mean, they're not going to get that at 30,000 feet. I mean, well, no,
0: they're coming in, like at LAX right, I was when say, they're coming yeah, in or not think, off.
1: Yeah, because I don't think without cabin pressure you can be higher than, what, 10,000 feet or something? Because that's like jumping height, isn't it? Yeah. ten, fifteen, thousand so, 15,000 feet or something
0: but, like, when you're, when you're coming into L.A., when you get about in between halfway from, like, Vegas to L.A., you know, so, like, 400 miles, you start descending. Yeah, yeah. So, it's about somewhere between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, between that time and when they landed, two different pilots had saw, two different pilots and their co-pilots saw yeah. somebody with a jetpack flying around lax
1: same same guy or
0: no it was two different two different pilots and two different co-pilots <laughs> no i mean Ooh, same me. um same i mean i would pack, assume man. so i would assume so i mean I how many motherfuckers it's too you many pe-
1: yeah <laughs> shouldn't imagine there's too <laughs> many people flying around with jetpacks and
0: i i mean i didn't even think that that was like a real thing i mean i've seen the water jetpack where, yeah. like, the homie, he, like, yeah. uses the water, and there's, like, another jetpack where, like, he looks like Mega Man, and he's got, like, yeah. these air things on his hands, and but he yeah. mainly just goes around water. Uh, but I have not, I have not seen any sort of news story where it's, like, I mean, unless Elon Musk has got something up his sleeve, and he's just, like, welcome the new Tesla jetpack.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, that'd be, that'd be nuts, wouldn't it? I mean, when you think about how fast technology has progressed. When you think like back in the eighties, I mean, I don't know what it was like in America, but we only had four channels <laughs> on TV. I think we had a
0: little bit more than that, but I think the the decade prior, I mean, you had like what, BBC one, BBC two, BBC three, BBC four. <laughs> uh, no, it's BBC one, BBC two,
1: ITV and channel four. And then I remember <laughs> how excited we all were when we got channel five. <laughs>
0: We got be a like, fifth oh, man, channel. There's going to be so much to watch.
1: Yeah, it was dog shit, but it was another channel <laughs> to flick through at, like, midnight. Going, what the fuck well, else is on?
0: The late 80s and early 90s, like, uh, and forgive me if, if my time is off, but I, that's when, like, I remember motherfuckers having, like, the broken, like, black boxes where, you know, you could get all the channels for free. I think I think my my mom had one. Right. And we had just, like... You know, I think it was like 120 channels, late 80s, early 90s.
1: Fuck. I mean, I, I, I didn't have more. I don't think I had more than five channels until well into the millennium. <laughs> Probably <laughs> 2005. I mean, this is what happens, you know, struggling musicians, man. You don't, you can't. I used to live on like one pound 80 a week. Fucking eating, eating toast and beans on toast, you know. Fuck. Working in Starbucks with literally fuck all. I'd spend all the money on rent and travel getting to work and then have literally nothing left. So I'd just be living on that. A, week. a bit of Tesco, mate, that's what it was. Tesco value yeah. bread and beans. And you could buy yeah. enough for the week, but you'd only eat once a day. Yeah. Apart from being at work and stuff. And you didn't have really much money to go out and drink. And it was like that for a long
0: time. Uh, you so, yeah. you guys fucking love beans though, like you motherfuckers eat that shit with breakfast. I can't get on the breakfast bean train.
1: Really? Fuck.
0: Yeah. Unless I, 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 it's I, like a breakfast burrito and it's like refried pinto beans or something.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean that's different, but yeah. Oh, you gotta have baked beans, mate. You can't <laughs> have a fry up without baked beans. But you can keep the grilled I, tomato and the fucking mushrooms. I ain't. I'm not into that.
0: Yeah. Actually, you saying about, you know, how you had to live on one pound 80 a week. Um, I was actually talking to a friend last night on the phone who's been going through some financial struggles. And I had to tell my friend, like, I know it seems like really rough right now. But when I had split with, and I know I always fucking keep bringing this up in the podcast. I'm sorry. But I had a lot of trauma. A lot of things happened to me during this time. Um, when I had split with my ex, you know, she got to keep the, the, the house that we had you know, because she has a, a, a now he's going to be fucking 11 years old. You know, she had a, she had a kid and our two dogs. So I was just like, you know what? I'll leave. Don't worry about it. But for, you know, I mean, granted I was on tour most this time, but when I would come home from tour, like I was living in and out of my car or staying at buddy's houses. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. Mike Kruger from Nickelback was nice enough to let me stay at his house for like a week one time, you know? Yeah. And I was just crashing on buddy's couches or fucking sleeping in my car for you know. Well, how was it only a months? week?
1: Did you outstay your welcome within five days? And then he kicked you No, away? no, no. No. <laughs> no, he just... I Like,
0: we went out to lunch, and he was like, well, when do you go to Europe next? And I'm like, oh, in about a week. And he's like, oh, just come stay with me until then. And I wasn't going to ask him to stay in his fucking oh, pool okay, house yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to over overstay my welcome, you know, because <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. I don't want him to fucking hate me. Yeah, you know? No, I know what you mean, yeah. So... You know, I was just like, you know, that's just how it was because I was still helping paying bills at the house that I wasn't even living at anymore because I she needed to get her shit together, find a roommate, fucking get a new job so she could be able to afford to keep the house. And, uh, you know, me being a nice guy, I'm not going to, you know, fucking let a kid that I helped raise for seven years go without because me and me and his mom aren't together anymore. Mm. So I was like, I know what it's like, you know, paying you know and at this time Bad Wolves was really new it wasn't like you know we're making i mean not that we're like making bank now I'm able to get by when Bad Wolves is touring and you know we have the patreon and shit now which really fucking helps but yeah. like it was even less then so it was I was like you know if I I, I always tell my friends like I'm not going to like I don't care who you are I'm not going to let you starve like if you need help You know don't feel like you have to swallow your pride to come to me and because i've been in the same situation like i lived in my fucking car for like you know on and off for nine months like i know what it's like to be fucking homeless like i i didn't really get like a spot settled down permanently until march of this year like right before the pandemic hit over here because i was staying with a friend but i knew that she was going to be moving to a different state so i was like you know this is a this is a temporary temporary spot so i didn't like lock down a spot until this year right so i know what it's like to fucking you know not have money or to like you know go to have to have to go to one of your buddies and be like you know yo dude you got like five bucks your boy can just like (laughs) go go to mcd's and just get like five cheeseburgers for the next three days (laughs) talking about mcdonald's actually um
1: You've got the all day breakfast over there, so it's like Not
0: any not not anymore. Not any not any fucking more. Oh really? The it's pandemic gone, killed the all day breakfast.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Which That's... like your boy sometimes wants an egg McMuffin in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean well, I mean it's uh, I mean I'd be used to that because we don't get that past ten thirty, yeah. Not that I live on McDonald's, but occasionally I'll wake up and it's if nice it's to before ten thirty, which is rare, I'll yeah. be uh, I'll be like Jones in for a fucking Egg McMuffin sausage, sausage and egg McMuffin. But anyway, going back to what you were saying about, I think, I think in a way though, I think the struggles that we have, you know, leading up to wherever we end up, they definitely kind of shape you like mentally and personally for the better. Yeah. I think, I think like you have to have struggled and and lived on fuck all and and but still made things work. You know, because I was always yeah. still doing like music recording. It doesn't. It's like. And people like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to record an album when I get the best gear, I get the best guitar, I get the best recording set up. And it's like, fuck all that, you know? If you've got, like, something that records, just start now. Do it. Yeah. Um, it's better to, like, create in the moment, do something, draw a line under it, put it out, and then move on to the next thing. Because then it'll just be better. But you'll always be putting it off, that's what I'm saying. And it's it's better to kind of, like, struggle and do things. Because I'll, I'll listen back to, like, albums that I've done, which I know that I like one of the first records I ever did was a Roland cube mic'd up in my cupboard with a fucking pillow over it, you know, to try yeah. and deaden the sound. And you just think the things that you do like to, to just get by and, and do stuff. I yeah. feel like if you, if you just kind of like have nothing and then you just get like catapulted into having everything and you kind of miss that massive section out in the middle, which, you know, is experience. It's also, um, helps with your temperament and how you deal with stuff as well. And,
0: yeah, I definitely agree.
1: You know, and then and then you know when when big things happen, you're you're way better placed to like to deal with it. I mean, I, this whole death punch thing for me, obviously, like if I just went from doing fuck all to that, it would be way too much to like assimilate all in one go. Do you know what I mean? But... Yeah,
0: well, going from like you know, like you said, like Tesco Tesco bread and beans one pound eighty a week to to death punch, that'd be you know. That'd be way different.
1: Yeah, I mean, fucking hell. But, like, there's a load of stuff that happened on that tour that um, I'd never done before, you know, like, musically and and on stage or whatever. But I think the experience that you have going up to that point, being able to adapt in the moment and stuff like that, I mean, like you were saying, that first show that you saw me do, I mean, a lot, in my opinion, went wrong from my end. But not from, like, the performance, you know, like what people would have maybe heard or seen it would have just looked mm-hmm. like somebody that isn't jason playing the songs but yeah there was a lot going on up there that that i had to kind of like in like react to in the moment but it's because of like the struggles before and like the experience and everything that you can just rather than lose your shit and let yourself fall apart you know you just systematically go through your head and decide what the most important thing is and then you know make sure that the show goes well and then afterwards you can kind of do a bit of a recon in your head and go right okay well i'm not going to do that the next night and i know about this now so i'm not going to do that again sort of thing and so yeah i definitely feel that uh, you know leading up to that point it you know you have to yeah, it's, have it's... the struggle and do stuff
0: well i mean like but you know i did i did in this moment starting in 2009 that's kind of like when my career started and then I was in the band with Joey Jordison from two thousand and thirteen to two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Um and then, you know, I joined Which up with was that? Was that
1: Scar the Martyrs, was it?
0: That was Scar the Martyr and Vimic.
1: Oh, right. I quite like so that was, Scar the Martyr record, the first one.
0: I mean, I did too. That was one of the reasons why I, I, I hopped on with that project. I mean it's a really good record, yeah. you know, it was produced by Reese Fulber and Chris Renner from Nine Inch Nails did all the yep. keys and, and and synths and shit on it. And it was it was done really 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 fucking well, and it's a pleasant sounding record. The production value is really cool, and I really like you know how Henry, you know Henry's has a very distinctive voice. I just think you know it's a super underrated record. Um yeah. But going from you know I didn't really get my first paycheck from a band until I was like thirty two. I'm thirty four now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> well, I, I, I did. I mean... did I, i did touring for free and i'm sure you know you've done it for you've done it the same you know for fucking yeah for yeah almost 10 years i toured for free for almost 10 years
1: yeah you definitely financially you end up eating shit a lot of the time just in order to kind of because it's not really the exposure thing that you're working at it's more over time you just build up um, your rapport base with different people within the industry, you know, and that stuff yeah. is the thing that the usually, pa- it usually pays off in the end. Like if you, you've got a good reputation, you know, like, I mean, my thing has always been like just to kind of always be on time, be professional, just do every job as well as I can and, and, and just not be a pain in the arse or at least just try and be a laugh, you know what I mean? Like try and lighten the mood yeah. a little bit, but still be on it, you know? Yeah. Um, rather than kind of like take yourself too seriously and everything. And then you just fucking. Oh, I don't take it. myself like, seriously at all. You no, know that. No, no. But yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, like you want to be like at least someone would, uh, would be like, well, if I have to work with that guy again, it's like, fuck. If you've got someone that dreads being in your company,
0: I mean, that's not a good start either. So. No. Um, and be nice yeah. to your fucking crew as well. That's one thing I got to say about touring dudes is. Be yeah. nice to your crew. I mean not that Andy Andy is very nice to his crew. I'm very nice to our crew. <laughs> but I'm just saying <laughs> like I've seen it over the years. Like your crew is not below you. No. You know? Be nice to your fucking crew. That's I'd say a lot say. of
1: that a lot of what they do is definitely probably more important. I mean, yeah. you know. They, we they show to you, you know. Yeah, exactly. They look after you, they make sure everything's cool. They, you know, it's like especially when like you, you roll out of your fucking bed at like 12, 1 o'clock and people have already been up since like five and you walk in and the whole thing's been completely rigged up and everything's done. And your fun, guitars but... are all in tune with fresh yeah, strings. The... Exactly. Yeah. All the techs have been out and they've fucking done all this stuff. And it's like, you know, makes you yeah. feel lazy that you, you, you just, all, oh, you yeah. to, all you have to do is just walk up on stage. Someone hands you a guitar and then for the next hour and a half, it's all about that. You know?
0: yeah well there I had talked about this before as well where it's like sometimes when you're on tour you know you kind of feel maybe a little trapped or you don't want to be there at that exact moment yeah but then you kind of gotta and then you you know you have like yourself a little pity party or whatever but then you realize you know (laughs) you're like yo I'm so fucking lucky like I got these motherfucker I got this crew here who is like building these stages setting up my guitars like I'm I'm fucking I I know plenty of dudes who would give both their nuts to be where I am and not get paid you know Yeah, So you just got to kind of knock yourself out of that because just I think the monotony mm. and tediousness of continued touring, because I think we were on the road for basically like two and a half years almost. Yeah, two yeah two 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 years straight almost. Yeah, two and that's and a, half years a straight.
1: long time to be out in one go. And,
0: uh, you know, you just kind of say sort of like, Jesus Christ, this fucking again. Or it's like, you know, you go to the same town. You're like, oh, I remember this fucking piece of shit place, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go to the or I mean, like, yeah, you know, you the, find-
1: You find stuff to do, though, didn't you? I mean, like, obviously, going out and getting drunk every night kind of gets old quick. So you you start having to find out. That's what I was saying with
0: Charlie is when you get to certain towns, and I'm sorry to cut you off, is when you get into certain places and you've been there a few times. Like, (laughs) I know I'm a rude (laughs) asshole, but like, you know, now anytime we go and play Austria. Like, I'm going to try, if we're g- going to be in the same city, because I don't fucking remember what city we were in, because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you don't. Know, that's um, the thing.
1: It just rolls into one.
0: Um, if we play in that city again, I'm going to want to go to that speakeasy again. Or, like, if we go to Milan again, I'm going to want to go to that rock bar again, no matter how oh, yeah, fucking 100%. I almost died. You know? It was a good night, that.
1: It was a good night. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was a great night. I had a, I had a blast, except I had the worst hangover of my entire life the next day. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know it's just like trying to find cool spots and stuff to do and you know meeting people and and uh and just like finding cool shit to do also helps as well i, f- I find if my if my mind is you know not just not busy like if i don't have like people to hang out with and i'm on tour and i'm just kind of like when i'm sick it's the worst because i i like when i'm sick i self-isolate as much as possible because i don't want to get anybody else sick so i'm like well that's the thing people
1: naturally do that anyway you know it's like when you're sick and you're ill you know you are
0: yeah
1: i think that's the problem with this thing though it's like if you don't know you've got it and you can pass it into someone else i think that's the real problem with this i mean sorry to cut you off but i'm just getting no, you it's back
0: fine. yeah you are <laughs> Rude. but like the
1: problem i think the problem is with this thing what has what got people maybe a little bit more on edge about you know what's happening is cuz you don't know you've got it yeah so then you don't know that you can give it to somebody else that may end up way worse than you
0: it sounds so like so we are talking the, about
1: aids i know but this is the <laughs> yeah uh, I, I don't want to get that again or the clap
0: like, like oh yeah. she didn't know she had it she gave it to me
1: yeah but... <laughs> uh, i mean but that's the thing so that's like i say you know like, naturally as human beings like most of us that aren't like our souls or whatever when we get a cold or flu we'll generally not go to work or we'll stay away from people because we know that you're going to give it to someone else it's like a known thing yeah. isn't it I think yeah. if, if if COVID was definitely one of those things that, like, you knew you had it right off the bat, it'd be easier to combat, definitely. Because then you yeah. just you just know not to go anywhere until you were better, you know?
0: Yeah, but there are also still those motherfuckers who will still go out into the public if they have the flu or a fucking common cold and shit. Well, and yeah. Whatever, but... Well, that's why
1: know. I said, you know,
0: like, most, you know, decent people don't do that. Yeah. Like that. But so, like, as a, the point I was getting to before is, like, the hardest time I have mentally on tour is when I have to self-isolate. Or if I'm, if if we're playing a lot of places in a row that are kind of in the middle of nowhere and I have, like, no way. Because, like, yo, there's still motherfucking places that don't have Lyft and Uber. Like, that blew my mind in, like, yeah. 2019. There's still Where places you can't call a fucking cab.
1: Yeah. Well, we have cabs, but we don't have.
0: Really no, there's, well. like, so, there's motherfucking places that don't even have cabs. So it's just like, all right you know i guess i'm just going to go to bed or whatever but i find when i keep my when i when i keep my mind busy you know hanging out with good people and having good times going to dinner going for a drink having a laugh with some friends i'm a lot less likely to get into that oh, i don't want to be on tour anymore <laughs> you know yeah, as when i'm, I'm like when i'm yeah. sick and i'm just like in my bunk for fucking 18 hours a day and i'm just like i just want to go home you know, but then you feel better and then you go find your friends and you go find some sick fucking speakeasy with some fucking sick tiki glasses. And <laughs> you yeah, know. yeah. And then, you know, I mean, touring has its, its pros and cons. And I, you know, I wish I was better at taking pictures, which when I bought my camera, I was like, I bought something that's small enough to to bring with me on tour and still be able to, like, you know, film my content on YouTube. And but also try to be better about taking pictures because like I'm not one of those motherfuckers who are just like, "Oh, that looks cool. I'm going to take a picture." Uh, yes. You know. Yes. Yeah, same. You know? I'm
1: with you on that. Not that it's So funny. I was
0: like, "You know what? I'll bring one. I'll bring my shitty little cannon that I have and, you know, maybe maybe take some fucking photos and shit and and be better about, you know, making notes. Like originally, my plan a couple years ago was to write down every place that we were touring and find something that I liked there so that way when I could go back I was like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna be here." I ate at this restaurant last time. Oh, but I made a note that there was a place next door that looked cool, or there was a bar down uh, the street. Yeah. So that's
1: that's a good idea.
0: But it's like I'm not I'm not gonna do it. As great as an idea as that sounds, like me actually doing it, I haven't done it yet. Oh, you
1: haven't, right? I <laughs> was gonna say it yeah. sounds like a fucking really well organized, good idea. You know.
0: So, but I think when when we start touring again, I will. I'm gonna start making like a touring journal, and then maybe one day I can fucking release it to the public and be like, oh, here's, here's where we've been starting from this year to this year. Yeah. These are all the notes I've made about the restaurants or bars or gyms or fucking whatever cool things I went and experienced that day or found. And mm. and then, you know, I can keep it for the next time I'm going to be in that area because that's what touring yeah, yeah. Is, is. You know, at least once or twice a year, you'll be in a similar area, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the kind of world just ends up... Becoming a lot smaller, you know. When you visit places more than once, and he's like, "Oh, we're back yeah. here," you know. And it's...
0: I mean, fuck! I've been to the Czech Republic like four times in two years. You know,
1: it's like one of my favorite places to be, though. Like me too. Um,
0: Germany, I, I, I have a, I have a really, I really love Germany as well. And there are certain things about the UK. I'm not the biggest UK fan. No, nah, nor am I. <laughs> but I have found a few things more recently that I'm like, okay, this makes me actually enjoy the uk a lot more well Tesco like Sainsbury's <laughs> yeah tesco Sainsbury's, wagamama nando's you know what uh,
1: i mean? guess fuck i went for them the other i went for one of them the other day because they shut the one around there until recently and we were just out um yeah it's an amazing place i don't even um yeah. yeah you don't have those over there
0: no i think no. there's oh actually i think there's one in new york oh i could right, i could okay. be i could be wrong though but we, don't, we definitely don't have no Nando's, man. And, you know, I got to get my chicken wrap with mash, like, anytime oh, yeah. we're... <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to find, you know, like, I really enjoy Czech Republic. It's cheap. You could just drink so much for so little and eat yeah, for and so much for own, so little. And
1: their own homegrown beer as well is, is... Yeah. You know, I'll drink that here, you know.
0: Yeah. And then, you know... Oh, fuck, where have I been a bunch? Like, Poland, Germany... I don't. I don't even fucking remember. But you know, there's just certain spots that I connect with a lot more, and it's like not all of Germany, but like, like Cologne and Hamburg are like two of my favorite spots in Germany. Yeah. And then, but yeah, anytime we're in the Czech, the Czech Republic, like when we're in Prague, it's, you know, I. I it it almost feels like a like a like a second touring home because we've been there so much, and I'm just like I know where every fucking thing in this town yeah, is. It's <laughs> you know? Easy
1: to get in trouble there. It's easy to get yeah. in trouble most places, but Germany as well, especially in Cologne. If you know yeah, or I mean there.
0: Hamburg. You got the Ripperbahn right there. You know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, before before I let you go here, Andy, I just wanted to say thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on and just chatting with me and. Uh, is there uh if you want to tell my listeners where they can find all of your things, your social media, your YouTube?
1: Uh, well, the best place is um, Instagram. So Andy James guitar, you'll know it's me cause it's got the old blue tick on it and a stupid picture yeah, of my face. And, um, uh, and then there's a link in the bio page on that, which is like links to everything. So YouTube web store, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, so yeah, I've got, uh, I, I do. I've got a Halloween track coming out at the end of the month, which I, I normally Sick. try and do one every year, but um, that's going to be going out. I've got like tabs and stuff for the last solo record that I did in lockdown. That's going up next week. Um, mind you, I don't know when this is going out, so next week might be the week before. Actually, I'm going to release
0: this as soon. I'm actually going to release this as soon as possible. So I'm actually I'm putting you in front of Charlie and Mark Michelle, just because. Um, I just want it to be kind of like new. I don't want it to like wait like three or four weeks to come out because that's when it would be it would be like three or four weeks. I want to I want to get this. Yeah. I actually want to get this out. You know, so All right. I could probably possibly bring in new listeners. Be like, oh, first interview with you know first chat with Andy actually, James yeah, the actually yeah this
1: is this is the first interview yeah yeah so hopefully so, th- hopefully this went well and.
0: You know, yeah. People. It's just a chat, just me and you hanging out, talking about Tesco's and fucking getting drunk. Yeah, <laughs> um no, oh, yeah. one thing I wanted to ask. Um so you're an American football fan. No. Um do you I don't I don't do know you...
1: anything about it. <laughs> I just like the the gear. I just like the Oh, clothes.
0: that the, you just like the are, are you going to get a custom Andy James five finger death punch jersey now?
1: Uh well I kind of have I got like this red one I don't know if you saw it um they
0: I, I saw I saw in the picture but like you can go to like shop dot com and get like you know you know you could put James on the back and then have like the O five in any any of the cause I know well you like, it well, has
1: um it has uh, five FDP written on the back oh okay I thought I'd I'd try and do something that was a little bit more inclusive of the band rather than just, just yourself my own name on there yeah. Just be
0: a, be a selfish prick. Wh- wh- which are your favorite jerseys? <laughs> the, the Raiders ones, right? Aren't the Raiders ones your favorite ones?
1: Yeah, the 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 because you know, it's like black and white, basically. Um, yeah. But I just had, it's got like the number 33 on it, which I didn't realize until recently that that's quite a sort of um, number that's got a lot of dodgy things attached to it. Whereas for me, it's just a lucky number. But uh, yeah. so it doesn't mean anything political or otherwise it's just... It's a lucky number for me, and I, I got, like, that one done. Because um, I got a lot of stuff with the number 33 on.
0: Um, Fuck it. It's just it's, a number.
1: It is just a number, yeah. But the red one is, like, a five thing. Um So it's, yeah. like, related to the band and stuff. Yeah.
0: So. Dude, well, thank you again. Remember to go check out Andy James, at Andy James Guitar on Instagram, and he has a link in his bio that'll get you to everywhere that Andy James has stuff. I'm Actually, I'm going to go check out your merch i have not seen your store so i'm gonna go check that out and if there's oh, anything just, i like i'm gonna buy it ca-
1: it's just guitar tabs mate so it's no good for oh, you it's just guitar
0: tabs yeah oh, there's man, not enough strings you
1: need... <laughs> it, well you haven't got enough strings that's what i'm saying mate. you need you need well, two more. get some
0: get some fucking t-shirts or something dog get a tea spring <laughs> yeah, and get I some know, t-shirts made fucking,
1: you know i am absolutely terrible with all that shit because I'm just not a merch person. You know, I'm not like, oh yeah, fucking Get buy your fucking this, buy pick that, tins, buy. dude. I'm not like you, man. We're a fucking, you know, w- what is it? The fucking conch monster or something. What is it? Cyber conk. <laughs> monster, there you go. <laughs> conch monster. Don't spell that Cyber-conk. wrong, will
0: ya? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, dude, I get bored and I'm just, you know, like, my, my, my thing with being on stage is I throw my picks. Yeah. And I probably throw out 10, 20, you know, obviously I didn't have the budget to make a a shit, shit ton of picks to like throw out a bunch every show. So my picks are pretty limited and because I love throwing picks out and, you know, people's faces when they catch them and they get all excited and shit. So that's why I started doing the store and I was like, you know, I'll just make quarantine style picks. And I went from, you know, just having the original two designs to, I think, fuck, I think I got like 14 designs now and fucking four t-shirts and, I mean the t shirts aren't really for sale anymore, but if you want some I'll have some made and send to you. Okay. Um but uh Cool. But it's just something fun to do and for a little extra. Yeah, cash I mean I know.
1: I, I just I just never dude, got paid for to this it.
0: laptop that's doing this fucking podcast. This fucking oh, well, four thousand dollar <laughs> MacBook Pro.
1: Fuck <laughs> Well maybe I should get some t shirts done then. Fuck. Dude, um, get,
0: dude, get some t-shirts. Talk to Dunlop about doing some pick tins, man. Just do. I mean, dude, you. Oh surprised. no, we did
1: that. So we we did the pick tins before, but I had such a bad experience with the postal service here, and there was a whole fucking nightmare to do with that. I'm just, I think, I think what it is is when things go wrong, right? And and customers, I, I don't know what it is like for for me. Maybe I just come off as some sort of like modern day shred version of. Fagin from fucking Oliver Twist or something where I'm like people think <laughs> I'm just trying to fucking steal money off of them I'm, I'm ne- I've never been about that but things yeah. sometimes they just go wrong and they don't turn up or they don't this or or something that has my name on it that someone else has promoted and then come through with this, with this, like you know, there's been other stuff where, um, oh, there's this promotion, that promotion. It's like I don't always have access to my Facebook when those promotions go out, and it's not me doing it, even though it has my thing in it, because it's I don't know maybe to do with a release or something. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, that doesn't get resolved or sorted out or whatever. I mean, honestly, I've, I've had a few really angry people hit me up about, you know, but their their first go to thing is. That I'm ripping them off and it's a scam and I'm trying to fucking steal money off of them. And it's like, well, no, maybe just start with the the more rational approach of like, maybe something's gone wrong. And yeah. And just I, like, you, I'm just going to check in just in, well, just in yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just find out, but no, you know, some, some of them, they just luckily, for the luckily
0: that hasn't, that hasn't happened to me. I've had some really, you know, a lot, I mean, my, my customer base is our fan base and yeah. they've been really understanding and, you know way more understanding than they probably should have it's in certain points but um but yeah that's that's fucking dry you know i'm i'm very lucky that i haven't had to deal with that kind of stuff but also also the one thing i'm going to urge our listeners to do is to go to stltones.com and buy Andy James's suite it's literally the best 5153 amp simulator out there right now like you're only going to get something that sounds better than Andy James's, um suite is if you're using a real 5153. That's it. <laughs> it but it's real close. It did come out yeah. really
1: well. But, uh, I'm yeah, a big but fan of it. With that stuff, right, that's digital. It ain't going to get lost in the post. It ain't going to go wrong. The worst that yeah. might happen is your download link might not turn up, but you just get in touch with support. But this is the thing. Like, I don't do the physical products because I just know that it's going to go wrong. People think I'm Dude, stealing and, and, and that's that's, it.
0: And that's And that's what Teespring, like seriously, look into Teespring because none of the stuff ever hits your hands. You have a company that makes your t-shirts and sends them out. Oh, so it's like a
1: fulfillment and they just take a yeah. cut. Right? Yeah.
0: And they just take a percentage. So think about that. Because I'll
1: have to look into it. Definitely.
0: Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I'm gonna let you go. I know it's I know it's late by you, but even though I think your day probably just started. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's like twelve o'clock now, so I'll probably be writing songs for the next five hours.
0: Yeah. And then go uh, but the six, next time, so. the next time I'm near, I'm near where you live. Like that little studio looks pretty fucking badass. You gotta have me over there for a pint and some video games.
1: Yeah. You can't. There's no bass playing in here, though. No, that's fine. I, I program all my bass in this studio.
0: Yeah, using the fucking base gin or something. (laughs) All right, dude. We'll fucking take care. Be safe, and uh, I'll see you soon.
1: All right, mate. Nice one. Cheers. Take care.
0: Bye. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Just STFU podcast. With the first ever sort of press-type thing that Andy was able to do, After joining Five Finger Death Punch, I definitely had a a blast chatting with him. Me and him actually continued to chat like 20 more minutes after the podcast ended. So I should have just kept rolling and just ended it whenever. But uh, it was really nice to have him on here and have a really nice conversation about, you know, you know, clearing some things up that might have been needed to clear up or what have you. But honestly, just getting a chance to have a nice conversation with my homie. So, again, please follow Andy James at AndyJamesGuitar on Instagram. He has all of his links in his bio, so you can see what he's doing on YouTube, his store. Be sure to go to stltones.com if you're looking for a really good 5153 amp simulator. It is, in my opinion, one of the best on the market. So, go follow him, and go follow me if you don't already. What are you doing? If you're listening to this podcast and you're not already following me, what are you doing? Follow me at KS Conquil, That is K S K O N K I E L. On Instagram, Twitter. Don't fucking follow. Try to follow me on Facebook. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to move everything over to the Twitters and the Instagrams. I don't have a Snappy Chat, I don't have a TikTok. Talk. I don't have an OnlyFans or a Pornhub or whatever the fuck you kids are doing these days. So anyway, I will see you next time. Conky out.